The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio with Lee Whitting. Whether you're listening on TalkZone, by podcast, through the archives of our ad-free shows on our YouTube channel, or connected through the incredible content of our Facebook page. From time to time, I read some near-death experiencers' reports as they were written and submitted to IONS, and that's what I'm doing today. In this report, a Spanish man pleads to return, is given more time, and now serves others. He writes, On May 22, 2011, I will never forget it, at 1.45 p.m., I suffered a fainting fit while I was taking part in a course for policemen training to get their diplomas. I suffered a heart attack, and apparently, according to what I was told, I remained unconscious for some time, but I didn't experience that unconsciousness at all. On the contrary, I saw myself in a place that I didn't know, which surprised me and radically changed the way I saw life. I was diagnosed with a left bundle branch block, a syncope and a sudden death, and as it is called in sports medicine. It was due to stress, which the heart cannot cope with, when the heart cannot cope with everything that is happening, and suddenly stops. That's what happened. I found myself in a totally different environment in which there was a lot of light. Nothing was visible except for a man that was next to me and whom I didn't know at all. He was all the time with me, telling me to be calm, giving me strength, as if he wanted to demonstrate that in th- that place I was going to be okay. The truth is that during the time I was there, and from his words and the conversation we had, I could verify that he was a real being, and I could touch and feel him. I could also feel myself in that place. I could touch myself. I was totally physical. However, he told me that the body that uh, I had used didn't belong to me any longer, and also told me that I had already come home. He was repeatedly telling me that I was already at home and to remain calm, that at that moment I was going to start living. I asked thousands of questions because I have always been a very earthly person, very analytical and tremendously skeptical, and I have always liked to confirm and corroborate everything. I was all the time trying to verify whether he was telling me uh, whether it was absolutely true. That's what I experienced in the first place. It was as if I was talking to any person on earth with a completely normal voice, although he transmitted something that really caught my attention and that I analyzed deeply, and it was his very slow, calm, confident, and relaxed tone of voice. He showed astonishing certainty in what he said and also emitted peace. It was something that most amazed me, as I had never found that anywhere in my whole life. I saw some forms on the floor, and I wanted to go and see, but he didn't allow me. However, in the middle of the conversation, I could get closer and saw silhouettes of people, among whom I could could only distinguish one clearly enough, and it was me. I was in a horizontal position, and some people were doing something to me. The man told me that had been my body. In fact, that that scene was completely real. It was what it was, absolutely real. But on the other hand, I didn't feel really involved with that. 
I was seeing it from a second-person perspective, and it had absolutely nothing to do with me, nothing at all. Although he clearly affirmed that it was about what we call death, and also that it had been my vehicle from moving into a plane and a shape on a planet like this, the Earth. I had no idea at all where I was. But with time, I have found out that it was a kind of antechamber because he led me to some curtains. I think I was in a totally different place. I, I saw the scene that I have just told you about, very blurred and vague, as if it were far away, until it gradually faded and finally got out of my sight. I'm totally convinced that I was in another place. Oh, yes. Then that person explained to me that my time on Earth had finished and that I had to go back home in order to do a reprogramming of my own work. He led me to some type of balls that were hanging vertically. I could touch those balls, champagne-colored, totally physical and very thick, like billiard balls forming a curtain. I was totally the same person to the extent that I remembered my wife, and I said that... Uh, all that uh, was happening didn't make sense. He was telling me that I wouldn't go back, but that my wife, being a good person, would stay back. I also said that it wasn't fair that she wouldn't get to know that I was okay, that I, that I continued, etc. So during this conversation, he decided to go through the curtain of balls in order to ask whether I might go back to tell my wife this information. In that antechamber... I could see a relative of my wife. Other relatives and I had taken part in his burial, putting him inside a hole, covering everything with soil, etc. So I felt then really surprised, kind of like, there is something happening here, something serious that I don't like. I am either having an extremely lucid dream, or this man is completely right, and I am dead. This latter option was then confirmed when I could see my grandfather who had passed away 20 years ago. This supposed a complete verification of the reality I was living. At that moment, I surrendered and said, okay, I need to see my wife to tell her that everything continues, that I am okay, and there's nothing wrong. It is really interesting, the fact that all the people I met there were in their best moments. My grandfather had been for me like a father, someone with whom I lived and deeply loved, with whom I had shared very beautiful moments and whom I knew really well. My grandfather died at 77 years old. I use the word die so people can understand me because I don't believe in death now. It is the greatest lie that has been told to us and with which we have been programmed. When my grandfather left this plane or died, he was 77, very stooped and crouched with a lot of bone problems. But on that plane, he looked like a person 25 or 30 years old, very tall and active. He was holding some kind of papers. I couldn't see them exactly as he was walking fast. I couldn't talk to him, but I knew it was him, which was confirmed by the man next to me. He was really in his best moment, something really incredible. You could recognize him because you... Uh, recognized the essence perfectly well. On that plane, I never needed to ask who was this or that person or what was happening. It was as if I belonged to everything. That surprised me a lot as I have always been very restless and have asked about everything, sometimes being a bit annoying if I wanted to get information. 
But at those moments, I didn't need to ask anything at all. But I absolutely needed to tell my wife that I was okay. I know her pretty well, and I knew she was going to suffer and have a bad time, as she is very fragile. I needed to tell her that everything was okay, that everything continues, that death doesn't exist, and that there was nothing wrong with me, and that I would wait for her. But that was never allowed. It was completely denied. I was told that once I got there, my path finished, and then I was going to start living. You are at home now. It is when real life begins. I wondered a lot of things, kind of like, if it is now when I am going to start to live, what have I been doing to the present day? I got some answers from him that all that we are experiencing is a dream, a programming that we have uh, so that we can learn. He also explained to me a lot of other ideas that are really amazing and which didn't fit me at all, as I have been a very earthly person, nothing to do with that world at all. They explained the different planes to me by showing me a pack of sheets of paper and telling me that every one of those sheets was a different plane of existence, although they are so close and so much together that they seem to be in the same place and in the same space-time. So they may interact, and that's why some people sometimes say, I've seen a ghost, I've seen my grandfather, etc. At any particular moment, one can have access to another vibration, as the dividing line is so subtle that you can have access and interact with all those planes. After the conversation I had with that man, he decided to go and ask if I could return to reassure my wife, as I had been telling him that people should be reassured that my wife and I both needed it. Today I know that I showed a lot of ego, attachment, etc., but all that made him go and ask. It took him a lot. It was horrible. In the meantime, I could see people coming from everywhere, and curiously, they would come in pairs. They went through those curtains in pairs, but only one came back, which surprised me a great deal. All those people coming were very happy, as if they had won the lottery, and I didn't understand all that. I thought, where are all these people going? It was as if they were going to the place they wanted to go, and in fact, I didn't have the need to ask who they were. Everybody looked at you, and it seemed that they knew you, as if you belonged to their group. During that time, I tried to open that curtain to find out. My hands moved, but the curtain didn't, so I couldn't have access at any time. After some time, this man, who is now a good friend of mine, came back and told me, Antonio, you are allowed to go back, but there is a condition, as the reason to go back always has to be bigger than what you would do here. You can tell your wife, with complete freedom, everything that you have experienced here, what has happened, and you are going to have there an exact period of time. And he told me the day when I would have to go back home. I live with that information. I know the time when I am going to go back home. He also told me that I would have to tell my story to the rest of the world, and in the moment that I finished doing it, I would come back and he would be here waiting for me to lead me back home. And that's how it happened. I got really happy and thought, following my materialistic way of thinking, if I go back, this man will never see me again. <laughs> you can imagine what I was thinking. He also told me that 
it was going to hurt a lot. I have lived with six hernias and many other things for many years, so I've never been afraid of pain and have a very high pain threshold. And so I said, great. But I will tell you something, in all my life, I have never felt so much pain. I feel the pain when he tells me, okay, you go back. I am with you. Don't worry. It's going to be easy, but it will hurt. Don't worry. I am with you. I remember then that it was a suffocating pain. I felt like I was choking. I perfectly remember that I grasped his hands, held them, and I told him, help me for God's sake, I am dying. That was the word I told him as I felt like I was dying. He reassured me, told me to be calm, that nothing was wrong, and then I suddenly opened my eyes and found that someone was hitting my chest on top of me. I could see that I had come back to that reality of my mates from the tatami world, the training world work that I had been doing when everything happened. Returning here was tremendously frustrating and painful, actually the worst of all the experiences. I've written a couple of books, and in my first book I speak about this person who was what many people know as our guide master, but I call H, because I never got to know his name, and I had to call him something. The name H came to my mind, and so I decided to provisionally call him H. I'm not going to confirm to you who he was during my experience, but I will tell you that every one of us has a guide, a being who is permanently with us, and he is the one who is with us at the moment of coming here, in order to guide and and, uh, impulse us into the experience we have to live. Of course, these guides exist. We don't thank them, and they don't. And then they go unnoticed. But, for example, currently my house is like a hostel. Since that day, I see them constantly on the street, etc. I can also see the day when every person has to go home as well as see his or her guides and surrounding people so as to be able to interact with them. I experienced things that in the past I would have considered inconceivable, Until that moment, not only inconceivable, but false, improbable, or just lies. Today, I can happily say that all this is true, and note that all this is far more real than what we experience here. When I'm asked, well, but how do you know, how do you see those people and places? I say, well, much more real than what I am seeing now. They are more real than you more real than everything I experience. They are more physical than the people I can touch here. Transmitting it with words is very difficult, but the sense of touch and sight are so clear and perfect that there is no kind of fluctuation or interference, absolutely nothing that may block the complete vision of things. My life has radically changed. Nowadays, I have no expectations at all. I don't search for anything at all. I go to the street without knowing where to go and what to do. I don't judge anyone, and I know that everybody has an extremely important essence that they can't even sense. And I know that they have someone by their side who is teaching and instructing them step by step so they can get back home. I've taken away five basic things that I mention in my talks. Those are judgment, attachment, expectations, ego, 
and fear. The first two years, as everything happened so fast, I felt something missing. People say, those are beautiful changes. But I was for two years asking psychiatrists and friends that could corroborate that I had a very serious damage in my brain (laughs) that nobody could see. Um, But after those two years, I could verify that it was the other way around. Although I am still being medically checked, as I only had a 22% of cardiac viability, which is something incompatible with being alive, and I was terminally ill, waiting for a transplant in a room for more than a month, you can't imagine. No one gave a dime for my chances until someone bet on me and operated on me with little prospect of success. I was really amazed, because I had always thought of those things as surreal and impossible to conceive of. The first time there was a man a hundred meters away from my wife's shop, an herbal shop. He asked me for a place, and I started to give him directions, as we all do, gesticulating with my hands, kind of, you you see that wall? Turn right, go here and there. I see my wife at her shop's door shouting my name, Antonio, Antonio, and I answer, hold on just a minute, Mari Lutz, and I continue to explain. Then the man says goodbye, thanks me, and goes away. I say to my wife, be patient, this man was asking me, he was very kind, and I had to explain to him, And she answers, what man? You are playing the fool alone in the street. That was the first time that I contracted, contacted someone of that kind, and I started to consider that something important was happening in my mind. From that moment onwards, I have contacted those kinds of people thousands of times, and I keep doing it practically every day. I don't think I have any capacities... I think we all have innately in our essence all those types of capacities, uh, not yet developed or just underdeveloped. In my case, their existence was due to what had happened to me. I can see the day when people next to me are going to go back home. With an embrace, I've been able to see part of their lives. I saw things that I told people, and then those things happened exactly as I had said. Those were the first things that I felt. I see future information a lot, practically every day. I revealed it to three persons in all my life, and then to prevent people from overwhelming me and insisting on me telling them, I decided not to tell it to anyone else. With one person, my sister, I almost broke our friendship just because I told her that she was going to have a very long life and become an old lady But she doesn't like this life. She doesn't believe in the human being. With a close friend, now deceased, he had to reconsider his whole life. So I decided that I wouldn't tell the exact day to anyone else. However, I can see things that may happen in other people's lives, and so I can tell people things that they might do, giving them some guidance so that they do what they have to do at that moment, as maybe they don't know the time they have left to accomplish it. I tell this information very clearly. Is there a possibility to modify that future in the short, medium, or long term? We actually have a specific moment to start life, that's for all of us, and a specific moment of departure, also for all of us. And what we call free will is not exactly so, as it is embedded in a programming of experiences and works 
that we have to experience. But I have learned that we are co-creators of our own lives, so we can lengthen, put off, bring closer, or move away some experiences that we compulsorily have to live. Not the experiences that we choose, but those ones that we compulsorily have to live. So it's true that they are modifiable. I have verified that by doing a really thorough work, you can modify some kinds of experiences. How painful it is for a very young child, not even a teenager, to pass away. A lot of people call me. I receive thousands of calls, and you can't imagine the number of emails. The questions are always the same. In my family, it has also happened. I'm convinced that every one of us has a life plan, a structure, no matter how painful it seems to us. We do have a program through which we have to go in order to evolve and progress and be able to become the essence of what we are. There are beings who we think are very young, and they are really very old souls that have everything done or accomplished, and they are just coming to experience something specific. For us, it is hard and difficult, but note that we live with five senses, which are very good, but sometimes we use them along with those other five factors, judgment, attachment, ego, expectations, and fear. Fear, for example, paralyzes us, judging things and events. I have learned that in my life many things happen. A month ago, my mother-in-law passed away. I could tell it to my wife a month and a half before it happened, and so we could live together really happily for that month and a half. We could witness her decease, how she got up, and and many other amazing things for which I feel grateful. At the moment of her passing, we saw a kind of shadow or halo that left her body and stood up. I got really surprised for seeing that in someone so close, because although I knew that everything continues, if you see it in someone that you deeply love, that experience becomes fantastic and amazing. That person, after standing up, was looking and observing everywhere, kind of wondering, what has happened? Where am I? As if she wasn't understanding anything. That experience was wonderful, marvelous. Going back to what we were talking about, we all have our structure of work, and we will repeat the things we have left to do and won't repeat those others already accomplished. That's why some people die at an old age and others very young. I had a cousin that passed away as an infant, and today I know that it had to be that way for some reason that I don't know, but that I don't even have to understand. If I get my mind into, I have to understand this, that's when suffering comes in. But on the other hand, we are born searchers who need answers, not just leaving it to chance. I keep daily looking for answers, which, by the way, still surprise me. But I am certain that we have a structure and a life program that we have to accomplish. That's true. Not only is death a lie, I would label it with so many adjectives, an absurdity, something irrational and unthinkable. Nowadays, I perfectly know that it is false and a lie. I had never read anything before, as I wasn't devoted to any of these things. On the contrary, I was more into science. I loved history, physics, and chemistry, and I had nothing to do with these spiritual things. But now I can say that they are so real but we sometimes deny the undeniable. 
hundreds and hundreds of people into neuroscience, medicine, etc., contact me to tell me that they see such incredible things and they ask me to explain to them what they are seeing because they are scared. These things are already commonplace. I don't really know what I have. I only know that a lot of things happen to me. I can do and see things that would be unthinkable or unlikely in the past. Now I have a completely different way of life. My wife always says, don't test Antonio because he pushes things to the limit. It's true. I take the fact of not having fears, expectations, and judgments to the extreme. And some people say, and could that attitude be irresponsible? No, the other way around. It has created in me a tremendous responsibility towards what I experience because I know that I absolutely have to make the most of my life in order to obtain the lesson that I need. I even do this with my 12-year-old daughter. We stop at the pedestrian crossings and I tell her, Look, do you see that in red? We are not going to spoil the day to these people in their cars, so let's wait for it to turn green, because if they knock us down, they're going to have a bad day. There will be problems, etc. All that I have experienced has created in me a responsibility that I live fully, and I enjoy every moment, I assure you, as if it were the last one in my life. I think that if everybody did that, didn't look further ahead, they would have a long, fruitful, happy, and marvelous life. Why get into strange affairs about judging others? That is living others' lives, and I have learned through my experience that I have to live and share my own life so others can see how you live in case it is useful for them. I steal, as I say, fears, expectations, uncertainties, and then everyone continues with their lives. And this is all about the best way of enjoying what we have to live. Death is a sure thing in life, and do you think it can be bad? No. Everything that life brings is beautiful, so that can't be bad either. There are some things that have gradually developed in which I check to make sure that they are real. Now we are helping many, many people in a transition moment, helping them to open up so they can even contact beings that are already on the other side. I've seen that that capacity, which is not exactly a capacity as, as it is something innate in every human and in which has developed in me for some reason, can make some people open to some perceptions, which if they develop them, they can get to see persons from the other side and receive a lot of information. In fact, a friend from Madrid was work, who works with Reiki told me that she sensed them. But now she writes to me every day saying that she is amazed because she sees this or that being. However, I keep asking her, is it real? Do you see them clearly? And she says, yes, Antonio, Antonio it is the same that you explain and do. I am no longer in the skeptical questioning habit, but I keep analyzing and corroborating everything. I formed a team with people that have altruistically wanted to join efforts as well, a group of friends that follow what I do rather than a team. We help people, trying to give them energy if they have maybe lost it. We reassure and give strength to people who are suffering very serious diseases and we especially help in the communication with beings that have departed, something that we do every day. 
The first thing you see in the dying person is that he or she has lost the enthusiasm, the motivation. He says, I don't have anything else to look for or find, despite all the things I believe that we can look for and find here. He doesn't care about practically anything. And you see him so spiritless that you get the impression that he doesn't want to know or care about anything. He finds no value in anything. And above all, at this stage, people don't love or esteem themselves, which is fundamental. To love ourselves such as we are is the most important thing that we've been given, as we are in a vehicle which is not ours but borrowed, and we have to care for it because we have to return it. We are not all taking care of it. Mine is wrecked because of stress. But then something happens that makes me know for sure that the process is happening. And it is because the person who is by his side, that invisible being for many, tells me about it. I have the possibility of interacting with these beings, and then I always ask, and they tell me. The energy that surrounds the person is totally dim. It is very noticeable that that person is not going to continue. And the guide by his side always tells me a date, a moment. And I have learned that when these people speak, I call them people because it is what they are. They are persons, beings. They are never wrong. We can all be mistaken because we are all in a plane where we can easily be wrong, although it is good and legitimate. But these people are never wrong. For seven years, every time they have told me about that, it has always happened. There hasn't been any mistake. In fact, in a course in Madrid with a very good friend of mine with nearly 800 people where I could participate as a lecturer for some minutes, there was a person that had touched me because he knew me and at that moment I saw that he was not going to leave the course. I shared this with some people and so it was he didn't leave. But I am going to reassure you a bit as you wondered before whether it is modifiable or not. When that person fell to the floor, many people rushed to help that person. They were already cautious for what I had said, and they were sitting next to him, some of them doctors. They were doing so many things on him that his immediate transition was modified, and an ambulance could take him to the hospital, and on the following day, he was back to the course, amazing as it seems. Why are we constantly into fear when fear doesn't really exist? Well, it's very simple. I am absolutely convinced that there are a lot of interests around that we are not going to get deeply into that because we would have to talk about so many things. But from ancient times, there has been an intention to control, our, to control us through many different ways for some things or someone's interests. Along history, we have been programmed, especially to feel mistrust, don't trust, be careful, this or that can be dangerous. And in our way of life, a program was installed so as not to allow the human being to release what he really is, his true essence, and to make him stay in fear so as to be controlled. But I also know that there is a kind of dark side in this world who also has an interest into that, for me, the person, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, and whom I used to believe only in his historical aspect, as I have never conceived the history of humankind without the presence of Jesus of Nazareth, but today I know that he is something completely different. 
For me, he is not just a symbol, but a, a flag to follow. Remember that he once said that we could do greater things than he did? So why not reassume uh, our true essence? Why not connect with our true master? Why search for God outside ourselves? Why search for masters outside ourselves? Why follow others if all the people who are doing the same as I do are just reminding others, even though the world think, uh, thinks that we ourselves have forgotten how long ago? According to my experience, there is nobody or nothing that may hurt you or hurt us. In my talks, I usually say, in the mornings or at night, I sit in the chair and say, good morning, Antonio, how are you? Then I change to the other side and say, well, I'm feeling pretty well, and you? I change again and say, today I feel like ruining your day. <laughs> I change and say, why? Can't we reach an agreement? Finally, I reach an agreement with myself. Why? Very simple. I am reaching an agreement with the only person that can truly hurt me and ruin my day. And with that agreement, everything is going to work well. And here the report ends. My thanks to IONS for all they do, including providing reports like this to members on a monthly basis. If listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our more than 450 archived, ad-free NDE interviews, Go to TalkZone's NDE radio site and hit the Past Shows button, or go to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, where you can subscribe to and comment on the complete NDE radio library. And be sure to check out our NDE Radio Facebook page. Just search NDE Radio with Lee Whitting on your Facebook app. And listen next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern at TalkZone, for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying... Thanks for listening.